Welcome to New Mercies, a podcast by Mercy Ships, where we'll take you behind the scenes and on board our incredible hospital ships that are transforming lives all over the world. We invite you to join us each week as we sit down with our crew, patients, volunteers, and partners to hear their stories of life-changing hope and healing. Jay Roche had retired and relocated to Hawaii to be alone, but God had other plans for her. Through a strange ailment, God spoke to Jay about volunteering with Mercy Ships, and whereas she thought she had retreated to an island to isolate, God brought her on board to a community where she is rarely alone. She's loving her work as the engineering administrator on board the Global Mercy and can't wait to tell you all about it. Here's my interview with Jay Roche. Jay, you are coming to us from the Global Mercy in Dakar, Senegal. So from California, I say greetings and welcome to New Mercies. Thank you very much. We're excited to hear your story because I know you have a unique role on board the ship. So before we get into your role, why don't you tell us where you're from and what caused you to go volunteer with Mercy Ships? I'm from the USA was born in the east coast of the mainland, but for the last almost 15 years, I lived in Hawaii. Oh. And I was retired and just loving my life, going to the beach every day, riding a bike, <laughs> just volunteering at a senior center, everything you'd want in retirement. Oh, my goodness. And then I went to visit family members. I actually got sick. I had a pain in my stomach. Mm. And I live a pretty healthy life. And I was concerned. I just prayed, God, please, whatever this is, remove it from me. Hmm. The pain just kept getting worse. And I'm visiting someone and I don't want them to feel bad. So I'm trying to hide the pain. But it kept getting worse. I just kept praying. And then I opened up my iPad and said, Lord, please just show me. Because I check a lot of scripture on my iPad. Show me what it is you want me to do. Show me where I'm supposed to be. Tell me what you want. I'll do it. Just take this pain away. Mm. Well, Mercy Ship's ad had come up. I'd never heard of Mercy Ship. So, <laughs> In your moment of pain. <laughs> my moment of pain. So I'm looking at it and I said, it's a hospital. What would I do with a hospital? Am I that sick? So... <laughs> so I get through the night and awake in the morning. The pain is still there. Oh, no, God. Oh, no, please help me. Mercy Ships ad comes up again. Hmm. And I said, OK, I went online I looked at Mercy Ships. I went on to the application process. I said, I don't qualify for any of this. Nothing, nothing. I don't get it. But if you want me here, Lord, I'll do it. So I saw engineering administrator, filled it out, hit submit, and the pain went away. Oh, my word. Wow. And I said. Okay, now I need to know what Mercy Ships is <laughs> because I just applied for something that I don't know anything about, but I have the tendency for the Lord to speak to me through very extreme circumstances and I don't do pain very well. Mm. So he got my attention and it was the best pain I could have ever had now that I've had this experience. Wow. So I did not tell anybody because again, I'd never heard of Mercy Ships. So when I came to the ship and I boarded, and then I let my family and friends know I was here, they said, you're on Mercy Ships. Everyone had heard about Mercy Ships but me. You hadn't told them before you got on board? I did not tell anyone. I thought they would say, why are you going to live on a ship? (laughs) I did 
not tell a soul. I just prepared myself and the COVID was there and it took seven days even to arrive. Oh my word. And everything was just, God, is this you? And they wouldn't let me on. I said, no, the Lord told me I'm supposed to go to Mercy Ship. <laughs> <laughs> the people in the airport think something's wrong with me. But I said, <laughs> I was called to Mercy Ships. Oh my so, God. When I arrived, I don't know what's going on. And I think he used that experience to humble me because I, I didn't come ready. I didn't come. I just come unexpectedly just in his hands and in his will and said, mm-hmm. if wherever you send me, I'll go, Lord, wow. I will go. And that's how I arrived uh, going on three years now. Oh so <laughs> how wonderful. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I, well, obviously, God had a very clear plan and purpose in getting you there. Because he made it clear beyond a shadow of a doubt with all those ads, hey, you need to be looking into this. So now it's almost been three years. Yes. And first of all, was it hard to leave Hawaii? I just have to ask. Yes, it was. (laughs) And so my friends in Hawaii were saying, you'll be there for three months and we'll see you soon. We'll see you soon because I'm involved in prayer groups there. And they said, well, we can live without you for three months. It's going on three years and they're like, what is going on? (laughs) So it is amazing to just say, because when people ask how long you're to be there and I tell them one day at a time, because Mm. that's really all we have. Yeah. But the experience has been amazing. I do. I miss Hawaii when I'm talking to my friends. Yes. But there's nothing like being in the will of the Lord. You don't think about what you would want. You think about what it is that how he's going to use you. Mm, that's a good word. Absolutely. Well, tell us what you do on board. What is your role and what does your day-to-day look like? I'm an engineering administrator and I support the chief engineer and he has about 30 crew members plus day crews. So pretty much I handle all of their official business because they're the team that makes sure that the ship is intact and everybody's safe and comfortable. That is all of your plumbing, electrical, engines, everything to make sure that the ship can be on water and moving from point A to point B or being still when everyone's comfortable. So Mm. I love the fact that I'm able to support this crew that works 24-7 for the mission of Mercy Ships. Yeah. I know the engineering team is primarily made up of men. Is that correct? That's correct. So what is that like being the only woman managing all these men? Well, it's great. Uh, (laughs) I'm I'm with a wonderful team. It is nice to have Christian leadership. Hmm. I work for Chief Eric Molly, and he is incredible. You know, he prays for us every day. We're able to worship as a team. Hmm. And there's nothing like being under God's guidance. Even at 7 a.m., he's in our chapel praying for the entire ship, both ships actually, and the crew. So it's just nice to be under that type of leadership. Now, in my career, I was in the military and I also was in telecommunications. And that was pretty much at the time when I was doing it, mostly men. So I'm used to working with all males. Hmm. I'm very comfortable because they come to work. Yeah. And that's what I like. So it's a nice fit. Oh, good. Can you tell us maybe about a memorable moment thus far that you've had in the engineering department? Yes, I had been retired for about, well, let's just say over 10 years. 
And again, I didn't know what I was going to do when I came here. I'd never been an administrator. At home, I only use Apple products. And mm. when I came, the environment was all PCs. So I was already behind the eight ball thinking, how do you use a computer? So I had the best people train me. They were so gracious and so kind and so patient. Mm. And I was wondering if I would have been the same way um, when I was their age, because they were amazing. They just made me feel like it's okay. Everything's mm. going to be fine. Yeah. And they just motivated me to just do things a little bit quicker, <laughs> do things a little bit better. But it's the way they would say it would make me want to do those things because I wanted to be part of the team and I wanted them to show them that I'm here. I'm here to be an addition and a positive addition and not some someone that's going to bring them down. Mm. So I tell you what, I just fell in love with the crew. If I had a daughter, I would want her to be just like we have someone named Helka Dahir. Yes. I think I'm pronouncing her name correctly. Mm -hmm. And Denise Gorson. They're just amazing. I thought, God, thank you for bringing them into my life. Mm. They prayed with me. They loved on me. They supported me. And, you know, my co-worker, his name is David Pakawa. And he just let me know, don't worry about it. Anything that you need, I have your back. I have your support. Wow. And I would not have made three years without those three. That's for mm -hmm. sure. But it's just nice to be able to work with people who see you for who you are and want to bring about the best for the community and the job at large. Yeah. You know, you're like getting me all emotional just hearing you because it is so unique to work in an environment where everyone is for each other. They're not competing against each other. They're not annoyed. Oh, you don't know how to do this. Why are you even here? You know, there's right. none of that attitude. It's, oh, you don't know how to do this. Oh, let me help you. In fact, let's meet after dinner and I can go help you or everyone's <laughs> for each other. And it's yeah. just the most encouraging and uplifting environment because most people like yourself, like myself, we've never worked on a ship before. So no matter what your profession is and what skills you are bringing, there is still a major learning curve. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I didn't take any of that into consideration, thank <laughs> God, because I would have never showed up. <laughs> but to have be surrounded and then... The chaplain would check in, you know, how are you doing today? Just walking by and, you know, just everyone just make sure that you're okay. And, and it's been a wonderful environment. Wow, that's awesome. Well, how do you see your job working as the engineering administrator as contributing to the larger mission of Mercy Ships? The same way the hospital here cannot function without the medical professionals. Mm -hmm. Mercy Ships cannot function without the technical department. Yeah, That's engineering and deck. And those are the departments that I support. Their crew has to be trained. They're technical and no one else can do the job the way that they can. Just to be a part of them helping is amazing. Mm -hmm. Any little thing that I can do to make their life easier so that they can do their job. I feel like that's what I wake up in the morning for. Let me help you. That's my day to mm. just help. <laughs> that's awesome. I love it. 
Well, I'm sure that in your three years, you've had quite a few highlights, whether that be in your job or in the community or off ship. Can you tell us a little bit about some of your standout moments thus far? I would say the biggest is being around people who are not Christian. Mm-hmm. Because it's such a large Christian community, you think that everybody's a Christian and they're not. So once you get to know people on a one-on-one basis, you get to learn to love them who they are and where they are and to love them the way Christ would love them. And they have an impact on your life, whether you know it or not. And it's just nice to be able to wake up and pray for them and know that God sent me here to meet this person so that they have someone that's praying for them. Hmm. After a while, if you see them, you know, they might be there for a couple months, just standing there during worship. And then you'll notice them singing or you'll notice them coming out of their cabin or you notice them eating with others. And that to me is what it's all about. We are not here to be alone, especially when the world was going through the physical war between Ukraine and Russia and, and the COVID crisis. It was a great time to build our faith through scripture. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Mm. Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor demons, nor things to come can separate us from God's love, neither height nor death, anything else. And I am able to see people change. It's like the transformation is amazing. And it's not me seeing them. I'm able to look in a mirror and see myself be transformed as well. Wow. Because you will never be the same <laughs> when you walk on this ship and when you walk off. Because the love of Christ is here. Nothing is too hard. You find out that the, you know, the leadership is all about. Mercy Ships was built on faith. And they continue that. And so it's contagious. We all believe it's going to get better. Things are going to work. We have to love and just keep on trusting God to do what he has called us to do. So that is for me, the biggest is just seeing transformation. Yeah. Oh, amen. (laughs) I feel like you just took us to church. Amen. I just so appreciate you saying that, you know, because I think you are in the midst of a unique season for mercy ships because you're on a brand new vessel. And so in the midst of the chaos in the world, as you mentioned, the war in Ukraine, which I know has impacted even some of the supplies being shipped to Dakar. I know that there was an issue with rice and an issue with food for the people of Mm -hmm. Senegal and things that we wouldn't actually think about. How does the war in Ukraine affect food in West Africa? But it does. Mm -hmm. You know, so aside from all of the things going on in the world and COVID and all that stuff, you're on a brand new vessel. And there are probably a lot of kinks to be ironed out as well. There's new things to discover on this new ship, and there's things that haven't been used before, and maybe they don't work the way that we thought they would. So there's a lot of challenges outside of the ship, in the world, but also on board. But I love that you're clinging to the love of God and saying, Mm -hmm. we trust God in all of this. 
speaking of that, speaking of a, a brand new ship, how is that going? Have you guys experienced some challenges in figuring out how this new vessel works? <laughs> Only when we wake up. <laughs> 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 but you know, life will be boring. It's like if you built a house and you paid, I don't care how much money to get it done perfectly. Once you move in, you notice that there's things that are just not what you thought they were going to be. They don't work. And the same is true for the ship. So, you know, and that's what I love about the technical team. As they find things out, they have to go running. Every day we have a 911 to make sure that things are working okay. But thank God for a new ship. You know, I was on the Africa Mercy and it doesn't change. The people are there to work. Yeah. And whether it's shining something or removing rust or making sure that the intercom is being heard, everybody has a job to do and they're coming to do it. So we don't get a chance to look at when it was created, just that God, please help this to work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. And you guys are really pioneering because, as you mentioned, you know, you work on the Africa Mercy, which has been in service for many years. And so, I mean, for all practical purposes, she's a well-oiled machine. Of yes. course, of course, she's old. So there's things that need to be revamped and, and worked on. But for the most part, you know what you're going to get. But on the Global Mercy, you guys are now the ones that are fine-tuning and getting things all set up so that generations to come are going to have smooth sailing, if you will. Yes. Yes. It's exciting. It is. <laughs> it is very exciting. Well, you mentioned that one of the things that you love is just seeing the transformation in people. Can you tell us maybe how you've seen lives changed while you've been on board? Well, yes. I have a friend who wasn't comfortable with praying in public. And I said, well, how about we just meet at six o'clock in the morning and just pray? Mm. First of all, the whole six o'clock in the morning was a little bit of a challenge. <laughs> but, you know, all of us, our times are just so limited. And then I thought, well, I'm on mercy ships. It can't be just a male and a female that time of morning. So then I opened it up to other people. Next thing you know, we have a prayer group going on. And he just sat quietly. Mm-hmm. And then sooner or later, he realized talking to God is just talking. It's yeah. just talking, just to a friend. Yeah. And then that opened up to, he said, well, I want to know more about the Bible. And so we started a Bible study, the same six o'clock group. We started with the book of John and, you know, they laugh now because it took us four months to go through the first chapter. I go very slow. (laughs) (laughs) Word for word. He's like, I am getting off the ship so we can please, but I just, (laughs) speed this up. But I just didn't want him to miss who Jesus is. You can find him in one verse, in one book, in one chapter. Mm. It wasn't about trying to get the whole story, but it's about the relationship. There's a person that we love. There is someone that went to prepare a place for us to spend eternity with him. And he loved us so much that he came to die for us. And that is the experience that we were trying to share and he ended up talking to his wife about it on the phone. They had Bible studies and now he went home and now his whole household are Christians, including his mother and his father. My word. So it's that kind of transformation. He was hungry for the word. He never talked. He was very quiet all the time. So you would not have known, but I'm the type, as you can tell, I like to talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. 
And so I would just say, come on, brother, you know, you're a part of this. And now, you know, he's leading worship in his church. And oh my gosh. And it is just amazing. And that's just one story. Yeah. And it goes on and on and on. Thank God. Yeah. Jay, it's pretty evident that God had a very specific purpose in that stomach ache that you had and bringing you to this place so that you can see this man and introduce him to Jesus. How incredible. I love it. And God said, let's do it through, I don't know, how about engineering administrator? But really, it sounds like you're kind of the evangelist. Stirring up people, you know, for the Lord, taking them to prayer meetings and starting Bible studies. And what a beautiful ministry you have. I just love that. I thank God because when I came here, again, I didn't know what was for. And at home, I'm an introvert. I don't talk. I don't lead anything. Definitely not prayer groups or Bible studies. I'm involved in prayer groups, Mm -hmm. but I was always the one in the back. Mm -hmm. And now it's like, if I see no one else is moving and I believe that God is calling me to do it, then I'll do it. But it's definitely not me because I'm always like nervous and my voice is shaking. Even this call, it's like, oh no, I have to talk. Do I have to talk? (laughs) (laughs) Can we do this? Can I just send you something? You know, but you know, what I found out is being here is I wouldn't be the person that I am becoming if people didn't talk and share and love on me. Yes. So it becomes easier to say, wow, if we all do this, it's just, you know, it's, it's wonderful. I, I moved to an island to be alone. And mm-hmm. being here, I realized that community is priceless. Wow. Just having a sense of belonging is incredible. Yeah. And if I can allow someone else to see that, Yes, you can manage by yourself. Why would you want to? Then I'm all in. Yeah. Man, you're bringing to mind a little Jonah story, you know, that you would run away to an island to be alone. And God would say, no, actually, I want to put you on a ship where you can pretty much never be alone. (laughs) There's, There's little to no opportunity to be alone. And God had something so different for you. And I just have to affirm you in saying, when you say you don't like to speak or you, you know, get nervous or you don't want to be the one up front, you have a gift and you have an anointing on your life that God is using for his glory and for your good. And I'm so grateful that you said yes and are stepping out of your comfort zone because I feel like God is continually equipping you and strengthening you and gifting you to be his mouthpiece. Mm. Thank you. So wonderful. Well, tell us a little bit about what you do in your off time. Have you gotten off ship and kind of explored around? Have you only been in Senegal in those three years or? It's between Senegal and Tenerife. Okay. In the off time, I don't get off the ship that much, but this time around, I'm getting more and more invites. So I made it to a restaurant a couple times, so I'm getting off the ship. <laughs> nice. um, I'm always using work as an excuse, but now, again, it's it's just growth. It's just taking time. You know, I'm getting off the ship a little bit more. Yeah. And on the ship, I like playing cards um, yes. with some of my yes. friends. You know, it reminds me of being in And I just love to work. Mm. So that's what I do in my off time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> get things done. <laughs> so, There's always so, a lot to do. So 
having people like you around who are so productive is really, really a gift. I absolutely love it. And I, I get my weekly prayer calls in with people back home and also talking to friends and family at home, you know, all of that matters. So, yeah, you know, just to have blocking out that time, it right. means a lot. So sometimes you don't have to be moving to, you know, get what you need. Absolutely. I know that you're going on about three years now. And as you mentioned, this was not on your radar whatsoever. You're taking it one day at a time. But what is it that has compelled you to stay? Initially, it was there was no one to do the job because COVID had hit and traveling was, you know, a challenge for people. Mm. And then I got very comfortable in the position. And then there's so many people rotating in and out that it's always like a new day. And I just love helping. I love serving. So I just don't get an opportunity to think about what it would be like um, if I wasn't here. I can't imagine my life not being here. But on the other hand, I have family that's saying, hello, hello. (laughs) (laughs) We haven't seen you in a couple of years. It would be nice. Oh, goodness. So now I have to find that balance to go home. And, you know, what's nice about being in the kingdom of God is wherever you are, you, you have family. Yes. Because of his blood, we become sisters and brothers and and, and it's just nice. Well, I love this beautiful interruption that God put in your life in paradise in Hawaii where you were trying to isolate. <laughs> what a beautiful interruption to bring you to West Africa to serve. And I know that the ship's going to sail later this year down to Sierra Leone. So that'll be a whole different experience for you. Thus far in your time volunteering, how would you say that your life has been impacted and your life has been changed and transformed? Well, before I was even in profession, I always did the behind the scenes job. And now when the crew is talking to me, they say, oh, you care. And I'm thinking me, <laughs> that's not me. I'm the one, give me a computer, give me something to work on with my hands and I'm good. But, you know, leave the caring over there. And I'll pray for you. And so it's good to see that whatever is happening, that the crew is experiencing what I really do feel Hmm. and that I do care for them. And that is what I want to convey. But you never know if that's what you're doing until they say thank you. And I'm just pleased to know that it's being conveyed properly. I'm just being myself, but I didn't know that was in me because I was never around people. So there's just no way I would know that Hmm. until now. I'm thinking, wow, this is incredible. So, yeah. (laughs) Oh, I love that. God had to bring you halfway across the world, pluck you out of paradise (laughs) to just show you a whole new way of life and a whole new way of living to show you the gifts that he has given you that maybe were just lying dormant until you got into a community where they could come alive and flourish. Yes. Yes. So wonderful. Well, Jay, maybe that sounds crazy to say, but man, I'm grateful that God spoke to you through severe stomach pains, that God would bring you to the Global Mercy to go and serve and to volunteer and and to see lives transformed, but also to have your own life transformed as well. So thank you so much for sharing with us just a little bit about your journey today and bless you as you continue to serve and care for those around you on board. Thank you so much. It was my pleasure. Thank you for asking. 
If you'd like to know more about how you can join this incredible community, go to mercyships.org forward slash volunteer. Next week, the Managing Director of the Global Mercy will be here sharing his incredible experience. Come back to hear from Joff Williams.